then let the other people come in. So basically, uh, really the presentation is mostly a sense or a feeling, but we'll give it a structure. And the structure is rooted on a statement on page 64 of the book. I think it's around the third paragraph where it's just starting to explain the inventory process of the, the first working step, which is step four, that you're gonna do a basic inventory on uh, how self has defeated us. This is our assumption. And we're by to see that we're gonna look at self's common manifestations in our life. Resentment is the first one. And then there's fear, which is really uh, mental anxiety. And then, how we harm people in the pursuit of what we want, you know, a sort of uh, me only type of view. So those are the common manifestations. There's a lot of them more subtle, but it's an it's an introductory inventory to get the sort of the ball rolling. And uh, so this is the premise we follow or I follow. And it seemed to bring about a traveling lighter to the point where the uh, the experience of the problem not existing for you can become a new basis if the problem does not exist as you. And this is the difference we're speaking about. Yeah. Uh, seeing that's what has defeated us is foreign to us, gives us a possibility uh, to be free from it. That is impossible when you're identified as it. You're trying to be a free as it. So that's the logic. So being convinced, which is a requirement in, in the beginning of the program, being convinced obviously is a present tense state. And one of the definitions is to believe with certainty. So being convinced self, so not you, but self is what has defeated us you would be a, a singular aspect of us. It has nothing to do with self. So self has defeated you and us. Yeah. So there's, a, to me, a very clear distinction between that which has defeated us and who has or what has been defeated. I do not believe we live with that distinction clearly. Most people I meet. Most people I meet are in the act of being identified as self. Yeah, so basically they're relying to such a level that they're identified as it, they're relying on what has defeated them. Yeah, therefore, even though the way of life may bring about or present a, uh, an, an ease and comfort, there'll be anxiety around it because self will be still there seemingly or be very influential. So it says very clearly, being convinced self manifesting in various ways or manifested in various ways, and we're only going to look at the common ones in the inventory, is what has defeated us. There's the premise. Yep. Now, there's a lot of diagnosis offered in the, pro in the book. That's this diagnosis has worked the best for me. Yeah. Okay. If we are clear about this, we are now going to look at its common manifestations, its common manifestation, its meaning self, not you or I, its common manifestations. And then the next paragraph, there's not a giant, you know, chasm, it goes right to resentment. 
So resentment in this premise is a manifestation of self in our lives. And then I, I have a simple question to ask after that, why do you keep calling them yours? Yeah, so just take it. It's a simple diagnosis. It's less than, you'd be in the waiting room much longer than how long the diagnosis, diagnosis takes. It's like 30 seconds. Being convinced self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us, okay? Maybe you are, maybe you're not. Let's just act as if you are, all right? So you be, you're convinced of that. Okay, what are we going to do now? We're going to look at its common manifestations. How are we going to do that? Through an inventory process, yeah, which is the fourth step. Okay, we're going to look at its common manifestations to see how self has defeated us, yeah? Okay, and here we go. Resentment is the number one offender, okay? So resentment is a manifestation of self. And our question is, why do you keep calling them yours? There you go. I think this is very, very important because it's the premise that actually influences all the actions after it. Yeah, if you don't see this, you're gonna be looking from the act of being identified as self. And you're gonna to try to get free as self, which Many of us in this community in the earlier days observed that self can't get out of self. It's just that freaking simple. So if, you're, if your goal is to escape self as self, you've failed already. It's not going to work. That's basically what our members told us. They said self can't get out of self. So why not, you know, let's, let's abandon that direction and see if there's another direction. Okay, here's the other direction. Give it a shot if you like to or not. Do a five-minute inventory after this talk. And one way, look at, look at the manifestations you inventory as yours, and then look at them as a manifestation of self. Which one from... Uh, lends itself more to a traveling lighter. To me, a resentment in its natural state comes and goes. When it's owned, my resentment, it can last for 60 something years. I mean, give me a freaking break if you can't see the difference between a resentment and your resentment. I mean, you've been living under that difference a lot. Yeah, this is what this... This understanding isn't about some interstellar fucking something. It's about what we've lived as. That's why hopefully when you hear it, it will trigger something because you've seen it all. You've seen my resentment ferment and grow in, in our owning of it and last for years, years and years of having the number one offender dominate our life. It's the number one offender. Anyone in the book, that's the book. It says resentment is the number one offender. It kills more alcoholics than anything else. We're not saying that. The book says that. Why would you like to be inhabited by so many fucking resentments for so freaking long? To me, that's cognitive dissonance. If you have one understanding and yet you act exactly opposite, something's off. Yeah. What gives life to a resentment? You and I do. We breathe life into it. What does that look like? Calling it your resentment. That's there you go. Yeah. 
So you'll, you could be breathing life into something that brought about an ease and comfort in your day today. You could be breathing life into the ability of enjoying peace of mind, but we're breathing life into resentment and fear and ruminating over the wrongs people have done and the wrongs that we've done. That's where our life is being spent. We're breathing life into it because we think it's about us and it isn't. It says it so many times in a book, you're driven, something self, self-imposed something on you. You were driven by a hundred forms of stuff. It sure doesn't sound like you're the doer. It's, it sounds like you've been the one that's been done to, tell you the truth. Like you've been taken over and been used for transportation. Yeah. Something uses you to express itself through. Yeah. Alcoholism can't drink. It doesn't have a throat. It doesn't have a mouth. Yeah. We, we give it its way of getting its fuel. We give it, we give it the, like the, the seasonal pass. It comes in and out all the fucking time. Yeah. Addiction doesn't shoot the drug up. It's the arm. Yeah. It has to be played out in this little movie and it plays out through our body. Yeah. And I'm not a believer that alcohol is cunning, powerful, and this. I think alcoholism is. Alcohol is fucking inert. It doesn't have any qualities. Yeah. It has qualities. It does something to you, but it's not actively cunning. And you know what I mean? I don't see the bottle of vodka following me as I walk down the aisle with two little beady eyes. It's just, it's alcoholism. It's the head. The problem resides in the head. It doesn't reside on, on the supermarket shelf. It doesn't. It resides on the head. Its fuel is on the supermarket shelf. And it wants to get that fuel. And it doesn't have legs to go there. And it doesn't have an arm to lift it. And it doesn't have an amount to put in it. We do. We provide its mechanism to have its fuel delivered. Just like there's... There's so much stuff in nature. If you ever heard of a thing called candida, it's like a fungus and stuff that inhabits most people. And the candida likes sugary, flowery shit. It, it breaks it down and gets what it wants from it. Yeah. Now, the candida can't call the bakery. Yeah. It can't sort of have like six glazed donuts delivered. It has to work through you to get what it wants. So it does. It fucking warps the way we think. And now it drives you to buy that glutinous, sugary, farinaceous muck. And lo and behold, the head makes a story about you're such a, a dessert lover. Oh, I love donuts. It was candida that produced the whole effect. You want to look at nature? Look at the cordyceps mushroom. The cordyceps mushroom has one big drive, which is to reproduce, yeah? Mushrooms have that little umbrella and all the spores are underneath it. And it's a pretty uh, chancy uh, vehicle, yeah? Because it's got to hope wind happens or an animal walks by and brushes it. So the cordyceps came up with a lot, of, a, a lot better idea, which is it lands on an ant, burrows into the ant, 
sends messages to the ant brain. Hey, I love to go to a dank, dark place. The ant you, <laughs> is, provides the transportation the spore does not have, takes the spore where the spore wants to go. When it arrives at the spore's destination, it kills the ant, and then it grows right out of the ant's head, the mushroom. Yeah. Now, the ant probably has no idea that it's being driven. We have a whole narrative. Oh, why do I love Dank Dog? We would have a whole self-centered story about the trip that's completely directed by the parasite. We would have a story. You know, I love Dank Dog Place. It's insane. It's the perfect camouflage for a parasite, for the host that constantly takes the parasite's behavior as its own. That's what we're doing in the inventory. We're calling resentments ours. Let's correct it. Yeah. It's not difficult. They aren't ours. It's not like, you. oh, Jesus, I have to go. No. What was made up is the ownership of the resentment. That's been made up. You think that you run into or you know, you see something and it's like, oh, that's my resentment. You whistle it home. It's not like a fucking dog you lost and then you finally meet it a few years later. Reckon, oh, it's mine. No. Resentments come from your perception, the way you look at things. Yeah. And you believe they're yours, so these are my resentments. And then they, the, your resentment now owns you, doesn't it? Jesus Christ. Their story about families like the Clampets and something else that they had a, a vindictiveness to a family for generations. A resentment got passed on from one generation to the next. It's insane. Yeah, especially for us because it kills us. Yeah, we don't have the luxury to be entertaining this shit. Yeah. A lot of people don't have magnetic appeal to people in uniform. I found out I did when I drank. Yeah. It behooves me not to do a lot of shit because I attract a lot of undue attention when I do. It's, 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 it's imperative for my survival not to be taken over by this parasite any longer. <laughs> Seriously. So uh, that's the premise. Try it. We're not saying this anything. I'm just sharing from my own experience and observation over the years. I haven't had a new answer since, since this answer downloaded. I haven't. Yeah, I just, I see it. I think it's a pretty good diagnosis and it actually triggers a lot of damn relief. So who cares? Yeah, I want the relief. And so I have a lot of relief from the bondage of self because the head that used to broadcast and be the actually reinforcement of the bondage of self, I've lost interest in a lot of it. Yeah. My interest is actually free to be interested in what's happening. It's not enslaved to be interested in what's not happening <laughs> all day. It's not, it, it's not, <laughs> it can go to a different movie theater than the porno theater of Paul. Yes, it can go to see other, other films. <laughs>
<laughs> let's say uh, an action figure called now. Yeah, not bad. Doesn't you, don't you see your head is dwelling on what's not happening most of the time? Do you actually feel like this soft couch with a lot of pillows where I'm sitting in a nice sort of the temperatures like 68 or something in the room, the dog's asleep on the thing over there, the cat is in the other room, there's no storm in the house. It's pretty chill, yeah? And I'm responding to it because I'm available to the present tense conditions. When you're up here, you're not available to the present tense conditions. You're being determined by yesterday and tomorrow. Your head is having a field day presenting false evidence. And it's guaranteed that it's going to appear real to you because it's been, you've been enslaved to it, yes? It just runs out the, it doesn't even have much production value. With such a gullible audience, it just runs out the same shit over and over again. You even say, I've seen this before and yet you gulp it down. It's literally. You know how many people I've met in recovery, tons of them. You know how many individuals I've met? Not many. Most of the people I meet, I meet alcoholism. I don't meet them. They're like way in the back room. I meet alcoholism completely. They're talking to me for 20 minutes. All I heard was something I've heard tons of times before. Exactly. Yet what the feeling they're having when that delivery is occurring is that they're incredibly unique and no one has their problems and their thoughts. I've heard it thousands of times. I would love to start meeting people. I would. I would love to. But mostly what you meet are alcoholics, untreated. Yeah. And therefore, you become the greatest fortune teller. And I'm pretty damn sure that they're going to, what I'm going to say to them is probably going to be how it goes. If they don't take something, if something doesn't happen with that act of alcoholism. Yeah, I can pretty much write their story. Yeah, and be pretty clear and be pretty spot on because it's not them. Yeah, it's what's holding them. I know that and you know that. We've lived under that tyranny. Yeah, and we can recognize when someone else is living under that tyranny, especially when we've been freed from that tyranny because it's one thing that has defeated all of us. Yeah, why not recognize it? You can do the inventory and you'll recognize you are still at fault. Hopefully, okay, do that way. And maybe down the road, do a secondary inventory. And instead of seeing your role in things, see self's role in things. Because when you look at your role in things, you're going to see a whole lot of self's role in things. Yeah. And then tell the truth about that. And when it's revealed more about that, bring it to step six and seven. Ask that higher power that has gotten you sober and keeps you sober to reconfigure this shit. Yeah. So that energy, that presence that we are can be readapted to serving us and others instead of serving the master of the parasite. Yeah. That's my. Yeah. So. All right, Mike, or uh, Kathleen, yes. That's great. Thanks, Paul. 
Um, we didn't actually do an opening, so I just want to mention that, that this is not an AA meeting, but if anyone has a question for Paul or a comment related to the topic, you can raise your hand, your virtual hand. Paul, that dank, dark place you described that the mushroom wanted to go to reminded me exactly of the bar I hung in hmm. where I got sober. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I like go to that dark, dark place. I'm like, oh, that's the Eagles Club. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's so obvious. How can you miss it, really? <laughs> who who loves to be in a in a in a complete dark dank place on a sunny day at four in the afternoon? Not you. The parents like that. There. <laughs> there and I used to say, "What are we doing in here? It's a beautiful outside." Just like I was a prisoner. I guess I was. You were. That's yeah. the way I would describe it. I'm like, "What am I doing in this bar with all you drunks? It's a beautiful sunny day." That's right. And I did it again That's next right. Saturday. It's so weird because we'll defend the parasites' wishes to the end. It's mind-boggling. We'll make up a story that I love dark, dang places. <laughs> I love to be staring at myself looking like a complete bum in the in the mirror behind the liquor. I love it for hours. I could do it for days. No. No. If that's if that slavery was broken, you would adapt quickly to sunshine and shit like that, probably. Yes. This is just the whole thing is. You don't you don't only get a defeat, you get a fucking absurd story about it. It's really weird. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You know what I mean? I love that I've collected all these knife scars from getting stabbed. I love it. Yes. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, you've been defeated by something. It's like that, you know, that weird thing about kitten, kidnappers and people who've been kidnapped. It's a certain like German name, I think, where the kidnapper, the kidnap gets fall in a weird love thing with the kidnapper. Yeah, it's sort of like that with this parasite. <laughs> you know what I mean? We sort of ideate the, the bottomness of it. Yes. Yeah, I was on a longer bottom than you were. Yeah, great. I'm super fantastic. Yeah, you're more fucked up than me. I guarantee. Okay, I give it to you. <laughs> Just blows my mind. <laughs> it does. Giselle would like to talk if you want a question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, comment. Okay, yeah. Giselle, come on in. Thanks. Hey, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, and a seeker. And um, I just have a brief comment, if I may. I um, And I don't think he'll mind if I say it. I was on the phone with Kurt just before this meeting, and I was just ecstatic, ecstatic. And nothing in particular is going on, you know? I have such a freedom that I never, ever could imagine I would have. And I see it so much clearer now I, I mean thank you paul i i just want to say thank you this is a better high than any high i have ever ever chased that's all i want to say thank you great yes yeah 
I'm telling you. Yeah. Just to wake up and enjoy life and 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 get that crap. The crap's not even coming in. It didn't even come in this morning. Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you have the platform. You have a design for living. Yeah. 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 Is, yeah. So, I mean, I never thought I could enjoy life. Wow. Who would have thunk? Yeah. Certainly yeah. not the god of reason. No, the god of reason. Yes. <laughs> Thank Abjectly you. It just faithful. keeps getting better. Abjectly just faithful in the god of reason. Yes. Yeah. We've trusted something that's not trustworthy. That's all. And we show the effects. You'll show a complete different set of effects when you trust something that's trustworthy. Yeah. I mean, the faith is going to manifest in your life by the vehicle it's put in. If you have faith in the failed system of self-centeredness, it's going to produce a lot of mental anxiety. If you have faith in the life that the higher power is offered and you've gotten to enjoy peace of mind and shit, you're going to promote an ease and comfort in your day. There you go. It's the same faith. It's what it's put in. Tell the truth about what it's been put in, trusting the finite self. Yeah. Admit that you're fucked and uh, just do the working steps and let that transfer of interest happen where you'll gain interest in the infinite. And then you'll be a different kind of Petri dish. What used to grow in you won't grow in you anymore. And new shit will grow in you, like a new attitude and a new outlook, a new happiness and a new freedom. You're the dish for all this shit to grow. You're like the Petri dish. The parasite has us on a very highly acidic condition. Yeah. The higher power is going to bring about an alkaline condition, which won't the acidic will not find a home in the alkaline and the alkaline will breed new effects like peace of mind, service, empathy, shit like this. Yes. It's what is put in the Petri dishes, what's going to be expressed and the Petri dishes, acidity or alkalineness. Just tell the truth. Yeah. Tell the truth that you're fucked. If you are surrender. You know, it wasn't like you were success, 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 and then a, just a momentary fuck. It's just been a degree of fuckness, you know, to it hits a point where I'm fucked, but you've been getting fucked for quite a while. It's not like, oh, I was riding high and then suddenly I snow. It usually, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a, a precipitous drop into a bottom. See, I did not hit a bottom. I lived on one for many, many years. My idea of a bottom when there was a moving up from it, that's what I call the bottom. I, I started moving up from it and I recognized it, but I had lived in a bottom. I had lived and I had been evicted from one level of a bottom and went down to another level of bottom. I used to see it. I used to see it as an example. I wish you all lived in San Francisco. I came out of this drug and alcohol program, Delancey Street. Two years, yes. Uh, got back, got started getting loaded again. 
I had a nice apartment, a room in a house, an apartment with two girls. That was left. I ended up sleeping over a, a bar in a like a closet, quote unquote, extended room. Then I started having to live, you know, sleep outside or on roofs of companies like paint companies that I could climb up sporadically. Then I was couching every once in a while. And maybe if I met a girl, she'd let me stay where she had had, you know, and it just went like that. So it was basically just degrees of fuckness. Yeah. And how much I could tolerate. And my adaptability was greater than a cockroach, really. The parasite just kept, I could live in places I could never imagined I could live with in, really. It was bringing me to such a low, low level. And there was a point where I had lost, after those two years of sobriety uh, in the Delancey Street, I lost hope when I went back out. I was truly hopeless, not seemingly hopeless, truly. Because I had my hopes had gone up in those two years. And when I left and got loaded again, they went crashing down. And I basically was in a state of, of hopelessness. And I just wanted to stay oblivious, really, as much as I could. And it was hard even to do that because no one wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I had no money to do what I wanted to do. So I was just drinking to stay oblivious with the hopes that maybe I can do some drugs that day. And just the anger was unbelievable because it was rubbing that sense of entitlement raw. Like fucking, it was, and you know, I had given up. I was just jungling, I'd just try to stay out to lunch as much as possible until I went back to jail, institutions or death. And death was looking pretty good really. And uh, something stepped in and struck me sober. And then I, that day, that night, I was introduced to the way of life that was going to extend that miracle because I felt that miracle would have died on the vine if I hadn't been introduced to recovery. I was introduced to recovery and now it's been 35 years going in another direction. Yes. So uh, the distinctness of the black and whiteness of it is easy to, to, die, to uh, describe when you're sharing it with people. Yeah, and then of course, you want to embellish the villain more so you maybe can recognize it as not you. Because uh, you may think it's a part of you, but it's thinking it's the whole of you. The parasite is thinking it's all of you. It's not like, uh, yeah. So I didn't die, so I have a lot to offer because I've seen a lot. Yeah, I went on a lot of 10-day cocaine retreats, which I thought were much more educational than any other retreat I've ever been on. The thing was to survive them, and I did. And I didn't get what I saw in those days, but it came back, it came later. It was very, very revealing. I thought I saw the emperor completely naked many, many times. And now that became very valuable as I stayed alive. And uh I wouldn't recommend those retreats, but you know, that's where I was. And um, here I am. This started to really crystallize in about the sixth year of sobriety. I had a recognition of self as foreign, very strong feeling of it. I started, you know, I was sharing because I was in AA and 
I remember I had to go to a mid uh, noon meeting in town, a town north of here. And to try to get something across, I used the term parasite for the first time as a way of describing the takeover of alcoholism. And I've been using it now for 30 years or something, 27, 28 years. Because it's, and it's not a parasite. It's an activity that's very parasitical, let's say. And, um, and then we end up here at these Zooms now with the hopes of passing this on uh, so you can travel lighter. Yes, that's all. I mean, if I could have any effect on anyone, I would love to have an effect of traveling lighter. Yeah, because uh, the best of me isn't going to be enjoyed with me. It's going to be enjoyed as you. Yes, that's the best of me. The best of me is hopefully going to be enjoyed as you. That's what I'm shooting for, in a sense. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm. It's cool. I've uh, after wanting everything and and then living in nothing. I'm in a world of enough. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> I can enjoy uh, where I am <laughs> without thinking I need to more add on to it or anything. Yes, it's pretty cool. So, and we hold these things every week, twice a week, until we won't. I don't know when that will be. And hopefully, uh, just take it, just if you've, if you've done an inventory already with the view that these are all your attributes, maybe do a five-minute thing of resentment and just see them as manifestations of self in your life, intellectually, let's say, just as an experiment. And then see which one really starts feeling more uh, clearer to you. To me, I felt when things, I felt I was taken over. Yes. And I remember after the two years of being in this program, the night I started drinking again, it felt like, you know, Jack Nicholson in that movie, The Shining, breaking through the bathroom door. Here's Johnny. It really felt like possession. I mean, that's, that was the clearest description I could have of it. Something that was dormant in me woke up and then I was on a 10-month run, you know? So uh, this is the most intimate way of describing what I felt alcoholism is, really. And I humbly believe alcoholism really grows on, the, on that which is before, which is this uh, identification as self. And we're extreme versions of self-centeredness, yes? So that extreme version of self-centeredness is what grows alcoholism, I believe. Yeah, and grows addiction. Yeah, so the real underlying thing is the act of being identified as self. And we are extreme examples of it called alcoholics and addicts. Yeah, but the relief is really at losing interest in self. That's the true relief. Yeah. It's necessary to stop drinking and using, but the stop drinking and using for most people isn't going to be enough. We need to get relief from the underlying causes and conditions, which is the self-ideation, yes? And I feel this will play into that, yeah, strongly. So there you go. Kathleen, yes, that's it for me with that.
Anybody else have any comments they'd like to make? Question for Paul? Sally, please come in, Sally. Hi. Sally. <laughs> Hi. Um, <clears throat> you know what, like how do you, um, how do you work this, like I kept, well, self decided that I didn't need to do the steps. So I thought, well, that's probably not true, right? But how do you do it when people say, oh, you have to do it for two months each step and all of this? Like, how do you do that when you also, when this is really what I want to do, what, what I'm interested in? But I also see that if I, you can't just make it your own program, otherwise that would be more. Yeah. So listen, Sally, listen, Sally, it's like you're standing on one record which is 33 and a third that's this world yes and your other foot is on the 45 they go at different speeds but they're both playing so you want to render unto caesar's what caesar's caesar's is in the 33 and a third lp world yes so we do mm -hmm. what we, other people have done we practice we do the program as it's been offered yes yet but with the spirit of this recognition of something else yeah it's not an either or so you do okay good then there's a living of this yes we're not offering a new program and it's not a substitute for the program the program program deals with an action figure the action figure of sally and paul yeah that which can be seen here that's active it's hanging out that needs correction obviously, because it's been directed by a failed GPS and it's gotten into some bad fucking habits. Yes. Not on its own, but it's grown into them. They need, that needs to be corrected. And this is a way of life that corrects that. The real soothing bomb, B-A-L-M, is from the spiritual condition. Yeah. That's in us, our inherent condition that's been dominated in this action figure event by the mental condition, which has, which is where the alcoholism resides. Yeah. So basically we're going to, you're not going to think yourself into right action. You're going to act yourself into right thinking. That's the action figure world. Yes. We're doing that. And then at the same time, in no time is the spirit. Yeah. So you deal with one thing and then there's a feeling of the other thing. Yeah. You don't try to apply the absolute rules of the other thing to the mechanical rules of the action figure. Yeah. So if your house is on fire and you're feeling hot, you better get a pail of water. You don't sit there saying, oh, there is no house and there is no this. And no, you're going to get burnt up. Yeah. So just get the pail of water, take care of shit, and then you'll grow into this idea of spirit. Yes. But the action figure is going to play a role yeah because where we all start is in the action figure world yes so we pay our dues there we make our amends we do this we do that and then there's a living in both we're appearing in the action figure world we're living in the spirit yes there you go mm. yeah and now i have a habits that i'm not fucking stepping on that many people's toes anymore I'm not hurting people in the pursuit of what I want. Yeah. 
I don't have much fear because like someone says to me when I'm giving a talk, are you afraid of sharks? And I'm giving a talk on land. At that moment, I'm not afraid of sharks because I have knowledge of sharks that they're not walking on land yet. Yeah. But if you ask me that question in the water, are you afraid of sharks? Probably. Yeah. But see, it's simple. Yeah. Yeah. I probably should be concerned about something if it was happening. It's not happening. Yeah. There you go. So now you see blue is blue and red is red. It's very, very simple. You're not responding or reacting to what's not happening. You're responding to what's happening. Right now, I'm responding to this and there's an ease and comfort. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. If I was reacting to what it could be like next week, fuck, I may be up in arms getting ready to go to war when I'm living in peace. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So do what we do and then... Uh, You'll see what you see, but do what we do. Do the program. Yeah. We don't need to synthesize it, make it anything else. It's perfect the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. We're not adding anything to the program. We're looking at a clear, a clear diagnosis that's actually presented in the book on page 64. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to emphasize that because in my going to meetings, and communities, I never heard it emphasized. I haven't. So someone's got to do it. So here you go. Here's the seed assignment. Do you think I'm really enjoying emphasizing it all the time? I'd love to go off on 11-dimensional fucking surveying, you know, speculating. But Sir, I have a question. keeps it very Sir, obvious to me. Yeah? Sir, I have a question. Yeah. Would you like to hear a song? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Next. Anyone else? All right, Sally. That's pretty good there, Mike. You're like fast. Mike, he can outdraw the best gunslinger. That's pretty good. So Kathleen, he was practicing, else? Paul. He was practicing before the meeting. Oh, got yeah. it all down before you arrived. See, that's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's being available and present. Right. Yes. We're all getting good at this Zoom thing together. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. We had our things. Remember in the beginning, there was a lot of bombers, you know, and basically mm -hmm. mostly the only thing they can do is say fuck a lot. It was so weird. You know what I mean? They go through all this work and all they got is that. It's, it seems, seems weird. Seems yeah. like I was back in like junior high school. <laughs> it looks like a lot of people are coming in all of a sudden, Paul. I don't know what's going on, but um, all right. uh, we might have some more bombers arriving. That's <laughs> uh, okay. Mike's ready though. Nothing has deterred us yet. Yeah. <laughs> Can't stop us. Bombers are nothing compared to people walking by you and whispering, I have 30 years. <laughs> so what? Jesus. Yeah. I got threatened in AA a lot. <laughs> I was one time, I was called the radical cleric. Yes, people are very upset with me. <laughs> I think they told me to uh I think they told me that if I 
was doing it right, there were going to be people who were going to be, be upset with me. And that ha that was told to me a long time ago. <laughs> and they come. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that group sounds very mature. Yeah. 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 <laughs> sort of like the head. It's sort of like the parasite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. yeah. It's like do you ever have when you're having a really good day, it tells you you should be suspicious. Mm -hmm. But then if you if you have you're feeling bad, it says it's the beginning of a lifelong depression. Yes. I yes. mean, how many examples of its theme do you need? That's pretty revealing. And mm -hmm. we've been talking about it a lot lately about the, you know, you're re riding that expensive bike and you start going off the road. You try to save the bike, don't you? <laughs> it's a, that's to me, that's <laughs> quite revealing. And then mm -hmm. I was watching this video, they showed a bus with young students or something go get in an accident and it started flipping. And there was this one girl flying and all she would do was holding her phone. <laughs> she was getting thrown around and, and holding the, the phone. So if somebody would come to save her, she'd give the phone to be saved. So it was just insane. Yeah. The latest addiction. <laughs> it just blows my mind. We walk around and something in us seemingly doesn't have a very high regard about us. <laughs> it, I see, I used to see it all the time in the water. You know, some guys, he lose their board into the rocks and then they fucking swim into the rocks to save the board and almost get killed. They'd almost drown because they wanted to save that board. Yeah, there's something, uh, there's something off there, don't you think? Something's messed up. <laughs> Something's messed up. Something's messed up. Yeah. And that, and because it's in and or it's us, it it reverberates throughout all our days. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not doesn't have a. It's it has an influence that in one way. You think you're all there is, but you know you you're all that you think about, but you're not much. Yeah, it's a very strange uh, dynamic. I don't I don't think it breeds. Uh, content and satisfied living. I just don't. Yeah. So. No, right. it doesn't. Anyone? Um, Chris has his hand up, Paul. Morning, Chris. And Chris, do not start your share with uh do you want to hear a song? That's probably not gonna <laughs> I think we're not gonna right. fall for that. Yeah. First all right. of all, first of all, we need to watch this video uh when it's posted because I'm pretty sure when you were telling the shark story, you said sharks can't walk on land yet. As as <laughs> I want to check that. Um <laughs> I wanted to ask you something. Maybe you don't want to comment on it. I don't well, know. Hold on one second. Oh, yeah. here we go. Again. I have. Let me just break in now. 
Okay. That ain't that bad, actually. <laughs> that didn't sound bad. I'm going to say I have a notice in my phone that will tell me when sharks start walking on land. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I, it's, uh, I have an update. Yeah, maybe so, we're just, uh, maybe we're talking about lawyers. I don't know. Um, you mentioned that Douglas Harding, you know, on having no head a, a while ago. It's a book, folks. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. No, I'm, all the people. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Can you? I, you've it's you only mentioned it that once, and I'm just curious if you can elaborate on how that you know relates to other things that you're talking about. Well, this is not a really appropriate for this, but I'll just give you a quick, quick synopsis. Of course, okay. it's coming from me, not from Douglas Harding. So Douglas Harding was a character and he was trucking around, I think it was the Himalayas. And then one day he was looking and he looked at his feet and everything else. And then he realized he couldn't look at his head. Yeah. So he realized that what was looking wasn't a head. And so he had it got a, it, he had a, like an awakening at that moment, you know, an intervention. And he wrote a book on having no head. And then he would do little exercises to show you that it's, the head isn't what's seeing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a little way. It was a very nice little trick to get something across and to uh, bypass the mental logic. So he wrote a nice book and I liked the way he wrote. He passed away. I didn't have a chance to meet him, but I like his, I like uh, how he wrote and the spirit of what he was saying. So that's. that's thank, thanks, Paul. Yeah. So it's just a weird, uh, they do. There are somebody that actually shows these exercises. You can look them up and you, you may have an experience with them. I did when uh, I did it with somebody, uh, you know, I just broke out in a lot of laughter because there's a lot of assumptions about how things are perceived that aren't true, you know, to question the whole dreaming of this place. Yeah. And it's funny when something that you just assumed to be so could be shook up like that in like five seconds. Yeah. It's sort of catches you with the emperor with no clothes. And usually you start laughing like crazy Yeah, because it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, that was help, very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. I was just yeah wondering how they kind of connected. Well, because uh, I read Douglas Harding and I'm in recovery. <laughs> That's how they're connected to me, for me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Paul. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, all right, Kathleen, anyone else? I don't see any other hands up at this time, Paul. Anybody coming in? That guy singing wasn't bad at the end there. Not too bad. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe we should have listened to the whole song. <laughs> Come back, Zuma. Come back, Bama. Yeah. Too late. We're closing. Could you imagine setting out on a day? I'm going to bomb Zooms. Oh, wow. I Boy, they must be bored, huh? That wouldn't be a high on my list, but I, mm -mm. you know. All right. Let's say goodbye to everyone. Hey, and also welcome anyone who's been new. I hope at 
from all the other shenanigans, you, you heard the basic premise. And, and instead of thinking about it, why not just do a little exercise, just do a little small inventory and, and see uh, that what you'll see if you do a big inventory will be the patterns of how self has defeated you. I hope that you would stop calling it you. Yeah, because if it's you defeating you, uh, I would say that defeat is pretty certain to continue. Yeah, there you go. That's a good ending. Hey, Michael, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. and, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank and you. Hey, hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Yeah. Um, I hate to put her on blast, but Jessica is new, and she had her hand up. I think maybe she might want to say hello. But right. she's she chatted me in the chat, and um, she yeah, no problem. I have nowhere to go really. All right, Jessica. Hi, can you hear hey. me? Yes. Hi, I just wanted to connect and say thank you so much um, for your service. Really, the idea of self and what that means was presented to me recently. I've been in recovery been sober for six years um just constantly I'd have a, a good spell and then dip you know dive down deep again into misery and stress and anxiety and I was at a place again where my body was having this intense reaction uh, palpitations um felt like I was gonna have a heart attack and luckily a member of the fellowship um I've known of you for for a long time probably 15 years and he was able to see through the story of myself because he's got absolutely no investment in it and he presented me with this idea um and it's never something that it's I, love, I love you Jackie. I, I love you baby it's, um, baby. it's not something I'd yeah it's not something I'd I'd heard in the rooms and so my attitude was, I'm never in self, you know, I, I care for a living and I'm always giving of myself to others and I can't get any more out of myself because getting out of self was always presented to me as more doing, do this, do that, yeah. and you'll be less in self. Um, and now that this, I can entertain this alternative, it's amazing uh, and it's so obvious and it's so simple and I don't have to do anything. Um, and all I can say is, since this was presented to me, my physical manifestations of self have gone completely. You know, no beta blockers could get rid of it, no drugs. Um, it's just what has been presented. And witnessing self, it's been hilarious. The way I describe it, it's like being on a really long car journey with a small child and the incessant talking 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 and it's absolute nonsense it's it's absolute bullshit um and it's it's really really funny um and just being able to witness it and think Who, who's saying that and what is it and you know just being able to entertain the idea that you know all the times that one's on autopilot so you're driving your car and you might think i've no idea how i got here or you know it's self that hypnotic um yes. chatter 
it's unreal and to now be aware of it it's just incredible um and honestly I'm not kidding I feel like my recovery is now being given yet again the opportunity to sort of begin in a new way um like you were saying to Sally you know I think we go through the program and we've got to clear the ground and for me there was a lot of falling away of material things and 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 the seeking of jobs or men or possessions and you know the recovery began to clear the ground and then I've been presented with something else um and it's um, it's a gift it's a huge gift and I just wanted to say thank you so much um you know for your service and that my friend was able to hear your message and then pass it on to me so I'm incredibly grateful thank you so much well great thank you honey yeah and when stuff is revealed about the alcoholism or the selfing you can get into the habit of bringing it to six and seven yeah because it's going to be reconfigured and recycled yeah because basically the essence is energy and it's been put into a form and the form is being presented by the head you can turn that form over and the higher power will reconfigure it and put it to greater use yeah so the working steps of six and seven become uh very uh, you use it a lot because more gets revealed about what you're not yeah so you bring that revelations to that power because it's sort of like you know the gold is there but it's been put into a form and the ideation is to the form the the higher power will melt that form down and get the gold and put it to better use yeah that's been my experience so i'm a real uh, advocate for step six and seven as an active step the active steps the most active steps of the working steps when you get uh after you've been sober a while and where if you get it to six and seven you probably won't have to get to eight or nine because you won't do shit that you have to make amends for so you'll bring like the blueprints of the shit that you're going to do to the higher power and therefore you don't do the shit the blueprint gets changed yeah yeah so the blueprint is recognizing shit about alcoholism asking that power to you know entirely ready to have it reconfigured and asking it to do it and therefore it subverts eight and nine so you're busily doing basically uh four five six and seven yeah yeah it's pretty cool so it's the beauty of seeing it and not falling for it is great but also the beauty of seeing it not falling for it and giving it over i feel has even more impact because there's gold in that shit there is there's energy there's life that's been frozen in that fucking pattern yeah and that life is going to enrich you and others yeah so to me six and seven is very uh potent with this understanding yeah because more is going to be revealed and most of it is about what you're not <laughs> so you just keep throwing in the in the the shoot and just you get into the habit of it and uh i see a lot of it in dreaming see a lot of the dreams i wake up and remember 
have a couple of patterns, yeah, a deep underlying mental grooves of not going to be taken care of or whatever, yeah? So when I wake up in the morning, I bring it to step six and seven. Yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, to me, the most active working step after a while, steps are six and seven, truly. Yeah, it's a giving over, turning over, delivering to the shoot, and then, yeah. And then you trust the process. It's like putting out the garbage. I don't stay up all night looking for the garbage man to come. You know, I, I feel I have a faith that it's going to be gone because it always is. So when I walk out, the garbage cans are empty. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, are oh, they empty? Yes, it's just, uh, this is faith in the process, yeah. This process, because it delivers the goods, doesn't promote more thinking. It actually promotes less thinking. It does. What's not working to appear to work has to be thought about a lot. But what's working doesn't have to be thought about that much. It, the evidence is obvious. It's working. Yeah. And therefore, there's a real shift in, uh, in, in what's playing in the head. Yeah. Yeah. So... All right. Thank you, honey. Thanks so much for that share. And thank you for coming here and say hello to the other person who brought the message to you and stuff. Fantastic. This is what I would love to see, really. Thank you. Is it mm -hmm. spreading out and uh, producing effects? So thank you. That made my day. Beautiful. Right. Paul, Steve has his hand up. It looks oh, like Steve right. has an afterthought. Okay. Let's go to another. Yep. Steve. Hey, Paul. So something happened last night that I totally forgot about this morning. Of course, that's what self does. Um, I had a a real clear meltdown about my dad's birthday was yesterday. He died like 50 something years ago. And at the funeral, people were telling me, well, it's, you're the man of the house. You're the man of the house. And I said, I didn't want to be the man of the house. And then people said, well, you don't have to be. And I remember since that point, I've never wanted to grow up. And it's caused me to not take charge of my own life. And I'm not sure where that fits in an inventory. Well, obviously, you have uh, just write it out. You'll see there's fears involved in that. Okay. Yeah. So that I wouldn't say fear, it's mental anxiety. Uh -huh. Like to me, uh, look at how it was when in the beginning, if you look at it, you were overly feeling responsible for everything, right? Yeah. When you're a kid. And therefore, then the opposite seems to be desirous. So then the way I was allowed to give myself permission to be somewhat okay was to be bad. Yeah. So I started acting out in school and all this shit. So I had a long period of trying to be as irresponsible as possible because of I was felt, you know, when someone walked in a room and they yawned, I thought it was because I was in the room, you know, that kind of responsibility. And then I come into A and I see my, I have to look at my role in things, which is the responsibility again. Yes. So yeah. then I do that. And then this fourth wave we're talking about is to see that 
in this world, you're accountable for what happened, but you're not responsible for what happened. In other words, like my dog took a shit on the neighbor's lawn. I'm responsible for that. I'm accountable for that. I clean it up and I walk the dog in a different way again, but uh -huh. I'm not responsible. I'm not dwelling on I shit on that guy's lawn for 30 years. It was the dog. Yes. And I've done what I needed to do. So I don't know what this has to do with this. So I would just write down the idea of the, the fear of never growing up or what was the fear of, 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 of growing up. Yes. Yeah. And it's an old strategy. It probably worked, but it's old now and it doesn't work now. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's, that's it. It's just, I'm still feeling all that energy and I think it's just part of my morning too. Even though it's been years ago, you know, so. Well, I would just do that because obviously, like when I share with people about resentments, it's like, all right, where were you and where are you at the moment? Because a resentment of 30 years ago is still being used now by the head. It isn't that the resentment happened 20 years ago. It's using that resentment now to do things with. Yes. So I always put in where was I and where am I? Yeah, where was I? I always bring in the present moment because the head is using whatever it, whatever is at its disposal, all your mm -hmm. files, it uses it to do its, you know, to run its agenda for sure. So yeah. it was a, back then it's a fear of growing up. Now it's a resentment of growing up. Well, yeah, you have something. Yes, it's feeding its- its Resentment of having to grow up. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do what you have to do to survive, let's say. Yeah. And uh, no one's paying attention to your tantrums. <laughs> I, I'd like to not be paying attention to them. <laughs> yeah. But you know, really, isn't that a lot what AA is, is growing up? We were all of us, most of us wanted to be stunted, you know? And no, therefore, we don't grow emotionally and shit yeah. like that. Yeah, it's just the... Uh, it's a typical thing mm -hmm. in us. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I feel a lot better about that because it also feels like, well, damn, you're going to be 66 and you're having this. It's like grow up already. And then you say, well, it's typical. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is typical. And the fact is you're going to be, uh, you've passed the phase of growing up. You've grown up <laughs> on one level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, growing up and growing sideways too. We're on the other side of the slope now. <laughs> yeah, so, need to start skiing again. Exactly, the child, the child likeness is going to become more dominant. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I appreciate this. It's so simple. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, so let's say uh, goodbyes, Annette, down in Pennsylvania. Nice to see you, Annette. Kathleen, she's in, oh, she's in Delaware, Kathleen. Yeah, with uh, Big Bill. Michael Stacy, he's in Madeira, California. Did a great job, Michael and Kathleen. See you, Annette, yep. We got Steve in San Diego. We got Dennis W. I don't know where he's located. We got Giselle, Las Vegas, Kerry, Hawaii. Matt Julian, he's in the UK somewhere, I'm pretty sure. Nice to see you, Matt. I'm gonna be seeing you again. That'll be good. Yeah. We got Euron. Euron, I hope uh, I gave that to Tobias or Tobias, however you say it, to the other Swedish guy. 
I hope he got it. I gave him yep. your uh, email. Nice Great. to see you, Yoran. Yep. Thanks. Mickey, as always, the matriarch of Madeira graces us with her presence. Very nice. Jessica, thank you for that very clear share. Appreciate it. Very nice. And uh, there's Mora coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got Tony in California somewhere. Yep. Martin, nice to see Martin. Sally Underwood, there she is. Kelly in Wisconsin. Joseph C in France. We got Hallie. I always like seeing Hallie coming out of the alley. Yeah. We should have a, one of these times we'll have a meeting of uh, telling the story, maybe. I don't know. That could be really dangerous. I'll have to rethink that, but we'll, uh, it would be a marathon probably on the Zoom. But we got Alex at the Hudson Valley with Jacob. There he is. All right. Nice to see you guys. Roman, uh, my, uh, my best friend in Germany. There he is. Jane G in Mill Valley, close to where I am. Nice to see you, Jane. Chris in Boston, Warren, undisclosed location. Corey, undisclosed location. Uh, let's see. Nicholas Boa. Sena. Oh, nice Sena. Rich A. Oh, Mia down, down in San Diego. We got our friend. Let me put this off. Christine in Kona. Jess in Ireland. Jess, how are you, honey? All's well. I hope so. Vegas, Al. Uh, I think I got everyone. Uh, hey, thanks. Thanks for everyone being here and holding this space. And uh, we'll be around. If you, anytime you go on the Zoom and it doesn't seem to be, a, there's not an announcement. I mean, on the website, not an announcement of the talk. Just go to any of the talks. And we'll probably having the meeting, the, the computed glitches, and you'll get into every meeting with the same uh, meeting number and with no password. All right. So you can get to Tuesday if it's not mentioned through Thursday, the Thursday uh, event. I hope that's more clear than when I started. <laughs> Any Zoom link. Any Zoom link will work, Paul. Yeah, any Zoom link will work. 